the four o'clock football frenzy. Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The four o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. Good conversation with Lindy Rock, who's doing a really good job for UNLV, coaching Lady Rebels, and support him. Get out there. Good game tomorrow. Uh, screw New Mexico. You know, we don't have to make the meth jokes and all that. Uh, but let's get into some of these rivalries again. It hasn't been as easy on the men's side because the uh, men's team has been a little inconsistent. Uh, the women's team, what are they, 15-4 and four and 7-1? and one? I think that's the number. They've been outstanding. Um, so it'd be good to see some attendance out there, some fans show up, and especially the students. I'm not sure that students are listening to sports radio. I don't know what students do anymore. <laughs> like, this is one of those, I don't like to be shake the fist at the sun guy, but, you know, I'm traveling all over the place, around the Mountain West Conference, football and basketball, and I swear, Adam, most of the venues I go to, kids do not show up. Now, I think part of it is COVID and remote learning, right? But I also think part of it is, they just don't like sports as much as they used to. It's not this bonding thing that it used to be when we were in school. I think it's changed. Um, I saw a, a, a Twitter kind of rant discussion thread from one of the guys who covers Boise. Boise is really good. Yeah. And they have great support for their football program. And Leon Rice has been consistently good. And BJ Reigns, who covers the team, is like, no kids here. No students. He said, not trying to rip on anybody, but a school with 20,000 students should be able to get more than a few hundred to watch, you know, an exciting top 25 level basketball team. And I, I've, ne- I've never been to Boise for a basketball game. Now, UNLV is the draw, so maybe that's it. But, I mean, I watch the games. They don't draw. And they have a nice size arena. I saw people. There were fans complaining. Our arena is too big. Like, it's a 12,000, thir- maybe 13,000 seat arena. The arena here is 18,000. Uh, Reno, they're done. Those kids don't go to games. No. You watch some of the Reno games at Lawler? There's no one there now. It's freaking 3,000. We know the problems at the Thomas and Mac. They put together the shoe program, the uh, student loyalty program. About 500 showed up. Huh? So, and that's what they oh. expect. They were hoping to get, you know, five to 700. And that's, their, you know, the, the thing with the UNLV program, these are custom made Nikes that are probably worth about 150 bucks. They have to make each one of them, not each one, but each pair. Like the equipment crew has to whatever they have to do to customize them. So they're going to be, they're going to have a lot of work if, and the plan was, Hey, you show up for all the, uh, I think it's six games total. You get these sneakers. There's a tailgate before the games are free tailgate. Um, the tickets are free. Um, but that's kind of, you know, and I, I've, and I've seen some smart asses in the market, like hey, bribe the kids. You know, I think you do Yeah. like in, in, I'm not saying everywhere, right. Cause there are still places that draw really well, but I'm telling you around the mountain West conference, at San Diego, it got loud there. There were 6,000 people there in a 12,000-seat arena. The show, I used to watch kids want to kill themselves, not kill themselves, kill each other, running down the steps 90 minutes before the game to get the best seats, 300 kids. You know, they have that big banner that goes back, like, maybe 20 rows. You could, they could barely get it back there. It's crazy. They're, they're great, San Diego State. They're never not good. <laughs> and the kids there, again, it might be remote learning, but I just – it's weird, man. It's weird. I, I have to imagine that's, that's what it is. And I mean, everywhere. Some of these questions are like, you know, does it ever come back? Like, do, like, in some cases, like, why would you go back to school? And I think you, I think people will yep. at some point. But it, a lot of these things we have found are just much easier to do than I we thought that I they were. I still think we're heading towards 
the days in a lot of places, the days of needing 15,000 seat arenas are just past. Yeah. Like people are just not going to go out and it's not just a, you know, a fear of COVID. It's just people are very much in their convenience now. And now they've been kind of, listen, it's been crappy for two years now. So the silver lining is you've had some convenience. You can watch sports on TV, you get better TVs. I don't know. I don't know where we're going. And I think a lot doesn't of people, mean it, I don't think the interest in sports is going to drop. No, but consume uh, differently going over the top in terms of attendance, you know, for sec football, for NFL, most NFL, not all NFL does great. Yeah. There are some venues that don't really fill up. Yeah. And there's still a game day experience, but I think we, how long have we been saying, you know, feel it's almost better to watch a lot of these games, especially if you have terrible, like a college basketball game is different. You can be right up on the court. You can watch the game. It's, it's cool. But like a lot of these games, if you're like, why would I sit in the 8,000th row mm-hmm. when I've got this unbelievable setup at home? And now during this period, everybody improved their setup set, setups at home for the most part because you had to be home for so much. And now you're like, I want to leave this. This is great. So you do have to find ways to get people out of that comfort zone. Maybe what happens at all this, though, is that uh, the venues and the teams are a little more fan friendly and you can actually get concessions for a decent price. There's ticket specials, parking specials. We'll see. Yeah. Otherwise, I think there's going to be a lot of places that are going to look up and go, hey, how come we're only at 50%? What happened? Yeah. Well, we're telling you what's happening. It's going on right now. All right. Official frenzy. This is real interesting with Sean Payton. Real interesting. Because he ain't coaching this year. I don't think unless a rabbit is pulled out of the hat, we can get into what maybe could coax him. If he if he's already had conversations with the Cowboys, do you believe that, one, he's ready to coach immediately, and, two, Jerry Jones would pull the plug on McCarthy, or is McCarthy essentially Rich Basaccia? <laughs> and mean, this is not being mean to Rich Basaccia. No. I think we knew from the get-go that it was going to be really hard for him to keep the job as a full-timer. I think it's really it's really fascinating because I think if the plan for Jerry and I, I thought about this a lot yesterday randomly I don't know why, but if the plan for Jerry Jones is to get Sean Payton and he says you know what we've got the team in place we just need the coach, give me Sean Payton. Does Jerry Jones have a year to wait for that? Like in Jerry Jones' mind, every single year because we've we've seen how he's treated the last couple of years. He's treated them like this might be my last chance. So can he afford to wait? And it's not just, am I alive in a year? What I'm saying is you're throwing away a season potentially knowing that Sean Payton's going to be the guy eventually and you're going to pay him whatever. Why would you not just do it now and go to him and say, here's 15. We got to send the Saints picks or whatever we have to do for compensation and let's go. Like, I think if that was the plan, if the plan is he's going to be the coach eventually, I feel like Jerry Jones would make it happen now. Now, watching Sean Payton in his, I don't know, seven-hour press conference yesterday, it was it was grueling. Um, but I thought, you know, I thought it was very, you know, he was very honest and genuine, and a lot of things he said were really good. But if you're going to take him at his at his word, he said there's no way he's coaching this year, right? And he said he's not. He said like, you know, during the season, people were like, "Oh, you look tired." He's like, "No, I'm just out of shape. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm, I'm just I'm tired." I got ripped on out. yesterday. Ari, well, I'm going to reference Ari. I don't, I don't know that he was listening at this point, but I did mention with Peyton. I'm like, he got chubby this year. That's what he said. Okay. He was like, he's like, people are saying like, "Oh, maybe you got tired." He's like, "No, I'm just I'm fat basically. I'm, okay. like, I'm not in shape." Candy was all over me. He's like, "I was fat shaming." I'm yeah. like, "I'm just telling you, you know, I noticed these things because I noticed that I'm chubby." And getting chubbier, and I noticed I was like Peyton, you know, looks like 
a healthier me. Yeah, so he said and older. He's, actually he, looks younger, sadly. He said he's going to take, take time to rest a little bit, but also to try to get in shape and like be a little healthier when going into his next job. And he said, "Well, we all do. Let's all take a year off. Sure, <laughs> be nice." Um, what? Yeah, TV. I want eighteen million. Let's go. <laughs> That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Sure. Uh, although it, that said, um, I don't know that he's going to go into TV if he's only going to make a one-year commitment. I'm not sure that they're going to bend over backwards to get him in TV if it's only going to be one year. We probably won't say that. He'll do the. Uh, I was. I'm actually referencing. There's a, a pretty good uh, media podcast that I was watching, listening to today, and then both of those guys who were pretty high up there um, were saying, "Yeah." Networks may not be that interested in him if it's just a, you know, stay one and go bye-bye. It's the Jay Cutler deal. I can't even believe you're bringing up Jay Cutler in comparison. Same thing. In the same conversation. Jay, Jay was in demand for TV. I still don't know why. And then he jumped back, into, he jumped still, back out onto the field. I still don't know why. All right, how about this angle by uh, Todd Archer from ESPN.com? Kind of poor, poor Mike McCarthy. He says, if Jones is going to be fundamentally fair to Mike McCarthy – he needs to make a trade for Peyton since the Saints still own his contractual rights or come out and say McCarthy is his coach. Because that one in speculation, of course, but at least it squelches some of the talk between now and when, when the regular season starts. He also said, taking a shot at Sean Payton, if Mike McCarthy gets knocked for winning just one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, why doesn't Sean Payton get knocked for winning just one with Drew Brees? I mean, I, maybe this is crazy. I don't think Drew Brees is on the same level as Aaron Rodgers. That's I've a good never debate. Th- I've That's never a good thought debate. of that. That's a good debate. But I have never, ever thought of Mike McCarthy as the same level head coach as no. Sean Payton. No, not at all. No. Like, I would never I would never look at Drew Brees and go, he didn't win enough Super Bowls. That's Sean Payton's fault. I absolutely look at Mike McCarthy as reason number one, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers didn't win more Super Bowls. Sure. Not Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy. Yeah, and 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 to be, I guess to be fair to McCarthy, Rodgers has won 13 games the last three years, but has, they haven't won Super Bowl, um, so it's not completely on him. But I, you know, I, I feel like well, here's the other factor in that because all the things I said about the Cowboys, I think are true. If you're going to do it, do it now. Like, don't wait a year. What do you? What do you? If you don't think McCarthy's the guy Peyton is, why are you waiting a year to do it? It doesn't make any sense, especially at Jerry Jones' age. It doesn't make sense. But here's the other thing. Cowboys aren't the only team that's going to be in the market for him. Nope. I gave I gave out teams yesterday. I'm like, hey, Andy Reid. Raiders? How long is Andy Reid going to be around? We'll get to the Raiders. <laughs> we'll get to the Raiders. Raiders definitely should be kicking those tires. Giveaway time. Caller 7, 364-1100, couple of tickets to go see Garth Brooks. Ooh, this is cool. The one-man show, Garth Brooks, February 4th and 5th. It's at Dolby Live at Park MGM. We have tickets for both nights. And while supplies last, you can pick which night you'd like to go on. Uh, Friday or Saturday, that's uh, February 4th or 5th. Caller 7 right now, freaking Garth Brooks tickets right here on ESPN Las Vegas. The one-man show, 364-1100. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher, and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. Biggest difference now that I'm older is I have kids now, too. You know, and I care about them a lot as well. And, uh, you know, they've been my biggest supporters. My wife is my biggest supporter. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. You know, it pains her to see me get hit out there. And, um, you know, she deserves what she needs from me as a husband. My kids deserve what they need from me as a dad. You know, I'm going to spend some time with them and give them what they need because they've really been giving me what I need the last six months to do what I love to do. 
I think that's the first time I've heard Brady where I really believed he might walk. This is a dire situation for NFL fans. I know there's a lot of Tom Brady haters out there. I actually, when I was listening to these bites this morning, I got a little sad. This guy's given me a lot of misery over the years. But I was like, eh, his kids and wife are essentially going to force him to stop playing when he's still awesome? Does that mean to blame it on them? I mean, it sounds like that's what's happening. Oh, boy. Well, if we'll, he's single, we'll, he's playing, right? We'll bring in a guy who does have a, a wife. Um, you know, he's got the, the offspring. Uh, we don't know about this stuff. Caleb Herring is with us. Maybe he can give us some advice. Walk us off the ledge. Caleb? What, first off, I'm going to say, yes, the wife and kids are always a valid reason to not do anything. Um, in this case, Tom Brady's using it to get out of the NFL. I use it to get out of, like, going out with friends sometimes that come in from out of town. Like, good oh, point, my wife I... and kids, they need me tonight. You know, <laughs> that's always a good reason. Nobody's feelings get hurt when you say you're walking away because of the wife and kids. It's it's a win-win situation if you're Tom Brady. It, it, it is weird how we, we never see Caleb Herring, like, outside of that September to uh, late November window. And then he's just – so he's got the excuse, like, sorry, guys, can't go out. Yeah, it's a commitment to the family, and that's what I'll call it. And nobody can <laughs> ever question it. It's great. Doesn't, doesn't that turn your friends against your family? Absolutely not, because then they're the jerk, and nobody wants oh, okay. to put the blame on themselves. <laughs> like you, if you if you're going around saying, "Oh, I hate Caleb's family," like that's what kind of person are you, you monster? Like, that's a good point. he's no, trying to be there for his kids. No, but I have those. So I have some people in the same situation in in my life, and it's not me, but other people. Well, they're not really in the same situation. Let's be honest. Like Tom Brady can walk here. His wife's worth like six hundred million dollars. Like there's no there's no financial deal here. No, but I'm talking about. I when, just yeah, keep I'm going. talking about Caleb was saying when you're when, oh, okay. when if, all your friends every time they're like, hey, we're gonna go do this. You're like, oh, I don't know, wife and kid. I don't know, I don't know. And then everyone else, even though they don't like directly say it, they're like, God, man, his family just does not let him do. It. They don't let him live his life. This is ridiculous. And then everybody starts talking but about this. May just be an excuse. He, he doesn't want to go out with you, and he's using. No, that's what, that's what Caleb was I, saying. I get, I get what you're saying. Caleb, here's you the run thing. That risk, you run yeah. that risk, but you have to use it sparingly. Like, you can't use it for every occasion. Like, you just have to use it when, okay, you really don't want to do this. You know, like, I, like, I really don't want that. Some, you have to sacrifice sometimes, go out even when you don't want to, but when you really don't want to. And most of the time, I can say this because this is local radio, most of the time is the people that come from out of town that just expect yeah. me to be able to drop everything and come to the strip, which I don't like to do. <laughs> Um, on a on a Thursday night, it's like no, I don't want to do that. So wife and kids, that's the easy way to put people down. And uh, the good friends really understand what I'm saying. Like I don't want to go, but I'm trying to be nice about it. That's that's what the good friends understand at this point. This is a rough decision, man. I, I, can you imagine being this good, still near the top of your craft at 44 years old? You got the competitive juices that are flowing all the time, and you may walk away from the NFL. It's crazy. It's crazy to think that of, of this season, like he's he's arguably the MVP of the NFL, right? Like with the kind of season he put in um, and he's an Antonio Brown meltdown away from possibly a second consecutive Super Bowl. Right. I mean, like we're, we're talking and that uh, not to mention the last thing we saw from him this year was an epic almost comeback. Right. Like it's I mean, how do you walk away? And that's that's I guess what the old superhero adage is. You, you either live long enough to die a hero or, or you die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And that's kind of what Tom Brady has the luxury of like, I'm still a hero. Like, how do I just hang it up? You know, like 
it, it's it's really hard to walk away. Most people at his age, especially, are forced away from the game. He's not being forced out right now. He has options in front of him, which is crazy to think about. But that just speaks to his greatness as as a football player. Aaron Rodgers could choose to move on from the Packers. Where would you go? Ah, if I was Aaron Rodgers, I'd probably stay in Green Bay. No, but I I I, I think. Denver looks good. I mean, I'm looking for con- people that would be a contender with me, like plus me teams that will contend. And I think Denver's a good look um, as far as that goes. Um, honestly, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if anywhere is going to be as clean a transition. You have to look at the cap space and what teams could could do potentially to surround you. But you got to think teams are going to have to give up a lot to get you in the first place. So I, it, it's really tough in Aaron's situation. It's not like he's coming out of retirement and, and – you know, without the baggage of a trade to go along with it. So, I mean, I'd, I'd say Denver would be my ideal landing spot if I was if I was Rogers right now. Yeah, mine wouldn't. Uh, screw Denver. Uh, my my choices would be <laughs> from the from from. Uh, I'll, I'll give you three and I'll rank them: Niners, Titans, then Colts. And I know the Niners are in great position with draft picks and all that, but guess what? Aaron Rodgers is kind of in a. I'll compare it to like a Ken Griffey mellow situation. Like he could really screw the Packers. Like I'll retire if you don't trade me where I want to go. And by the way, on the Niners side, Brady wanted to go there. Lil Shanny and Lynch turned him down. They're in the NFC. Yeah. Have they won a Super Bowl? No, but they, they would have won these two Super Bowls. Well, on, they would have won these it. two Super Bowls. Rodgers hasn't. They've been. They were in a Super Bowl. No, I'm saying ago. with Brady, they would have oh, won. Brady, yeah, they would. Yeah. He won one, and I, with the Niners, I think he would have won a second. They would. They could have two Super Bowls anyway. Rodgers to San Fran, back in his home area. If he made, if he did public pressure on both the Packers and the Niners, that's where I'd want to go. I, I could. I mean, that's a good fit. But I, it's, like I, like you said, it's going to be hard. And I think the ego of of Shanny, if he ends up winning, let's say that that they end up winning this Super Bowl. He's What's not winning? The draw Stop, for him it's Jimmy G. Okay, I'm just hey, we don't know. I didn't think they'd beat the the Packers in Caleb, Green Bay, you know. but hey, you know, I, I do, I do, I know, I know. Stop. I'm sorry, but what what I'm saying is like it, the ego does it doesn't help when when teams do good when they're not supposed to do good. You know, like like that feeds the ego a lot. And that, every time I see Jimmy G smile, that's what I think about. Like I'm like, you're not supposed to be here, and everyone knows it, but you keep making it. Does that somehow validate the plan? Does, I mean, you just drafted, you know, uh, Trey Lance in San Fran as well. So it's, I mean, like you've already invested a ton in the quarterback position. What are you willing to do to go get an old veteran who you don't really know who, how long he's got left to play anyway? Do you, do you really want to sell the house for that? I, I don't know. That's that's yeah. for San Fran to decide. So we'll see. But I mean, yeah, obviously they're a Super Bowl contending team. You got him over there with Debo. Who knows what could happen? A more complete offensive system, I think. Uh, over there in San Fran and a defense to boot. So, I mean, that's a contender. But then also for Aaron Rodgers, you're going to a tougher division. I mean, the NFC West is not anything to be played with. Yeah, but you, definitely Caleb, better than the North. Caleb, you just suggested Denver. He's going to, he'd be going into a division with Herbert and Mahomes. Yeah, well, I'm I'm just saying that there's – I think Denver is a more complete team, like offensively. They're, they're a better team to start with. In my opinion, I I I think with the receiving core that they have, with the talent they have, I think I think Denver's a good look, and it's well, not al- in the current conference that he's in. He's also, I mean, he can force the Packers in their hand and to get Devonte Adams wherever he goes to. I mean, that's still on the table yeah, potentially. Yeah. Right. How much leverage does Adams have in this whole argument? I mean, 
what is he want willing to sacrifice to keep the Packers intact, if at all? Or is he just hightailing it out of there? I saw somewhere that he's he's not happy in Green Bay either. Like well, he wants out gonna, too. They're going to lock the franchise tag on him and really screw him over. I think that that's why he wants to hitch his wagon to Rodgers and say, "Hey, whatever leverage you have, use it for me Please. too, and get me out of here." Uh, that would be great. I, the Colts make a ton of sense. The Colts just gave up a bunch for Carson Wentz, though. That's tough. Do, would the would the Packers want Trey Lance as part of a, a Niners deal? I mean, I, I don't know if they want it with Jordan Love. There's so many questions that are still to be worked out. Like the Packers made this weird deal that they would agree to whatever terms Rodgers wanted if he came back for yep. one year, yep. and now they're. Woo! But I don't think that's on paper. They could they could turn their back and screw him over if they wanted to. It's it's tricky, man. It's gonna be uh, a crazy offseason. Caleb, we'll turn our attention to the Raiders, and I'll, I'll ask both of you guys first. Caleb, they're talking to a lot of defensive minded head coach candidates. Why? Because the defense has stunk for the better part of the decade. I think that's that's not necessarily something that a defensive-minded head coach is going to fix, but I think that shows that they understand that they're a good defense away from being something really special, I think. And I mm. think they just need to – that, that's the, the mentality shift needs to be a little bit less offensive-minded. I think maybe that's the thinking. I'm not sure that that's necessarily true. I think you can get a really good defensive coordinator as a defensive coordinator. You don't need to hire a head coach that's going to completely forget about the offensive emphasis that got you to the playoffs this year. Um, but I, I definitely see that that's the thinking. If we can get a head coach that has a defensive mind, maybe we can have more a collaborative thought processes when it comes to building the right defense for this team, um, more of a, 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 a focus in the draft or – or at least getting draft picks right on the defensive side or trades or whatever you, you, you want to call it. But having that defensive mindset, I think, is important for the Raiders this offseason. Um, I don't know how far you want to swing that pendulum. I think it's it's more of a personnel issue with the Raiders than anything. I think the personnel is a reason for the defense being lacking, um, if, I say, if I'll say it that way. But I, I think that's what the Raiders are trying to do, or at least project, is that their focus is on defense. And whoever is going to come in, and be the head coach of this ball club is going to have to have a defensive plan that works and that helps them win and that uh, keeps some of these close games from going the wrong way down the stretch because defense in the fourth quarter, for everybody, really, has been a problem. And if you look across the league, everybody's in the same situation as far as that goes. So Raiders definitely looking to switch the emphasis to defense with this next, with this, uh, this next head coaching hire. I think one thing we should give them credit for, at least on the surface, and we we don't know what direction they're going yet, but um, it's something you just mentioned. It's something of not letting a little bit of success be people's gold and just relying on it, right? Where you could have end, ended the season and said, hey, you made the playoffs. This this is the course we're on. We made the playoffs. But the team wasn't very good. So, like, I think there should be some credit given to the organization to, to look at this and say, yeah, I know we made the playoffs, but let's not – just continue down this path it wasn't you know it wasn't a genuine um it wasn't a, a genuine sign you're in the right direction it was just kind of some fluky results and i think that is absolutely true because a lot of times winning hides the flaws and when people have success or teams have success uh it's kind of their worst enemy because those lucky breaks or those games you should have lost probably you know those those things that fell your way i mean they probably shouldn't have made the playoffs if we're being honest if you know, the Chargers, I think, going into that last game were probably the better team. Probably most people had them favored, honestly, just looking at the way the season went. And they snuck into the playoffs. So because they snuck in and because I think they did some self-reflecting and realized, hey, 
we were fortunate in the end to be here. We were very vulnerable in a lot of points during the season for reasons we couldn't control, but also for reasons that we probably inflicted on ourselves with roster decisions and 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 personnel and things like that. So it, it allowed them, like you said, to be kind of on their P's and Q's as far as looking to to uh, to get better and to progress down the road of successful teams and become a really uh, stable winning franchise as, instead of a, an up-in-the-air, uh, luck-of-the-toss kind of team where – they won a lot of games in that way. There's a few overtime games that could have gone either way. They don't want to be satisfied with that kind of success. I think they want to continue building so that they're a solid team in their division and they can consistently count on winning games late. Caleb Herring, former Rebel quarterback, one of the voices of UNLV football, our football insider on Wednesdays, up on Cofield and company. So we had a lot of, we'll call them transactions, with UNLV football this last week. They've added a bunch of receivers. Uh, this time they pull a receiver most recently out of the transfer portal, a pretty big name who at least had one breakout game his true freshman year. There's other stuff that I guess we'll have to sort through about why he didn't play last year. But Michigan State receiver Rick, or uh, why am I going to botch his name? I must call him Ricky Davis. Ricky White the third is moving on from Michigan State, and you and I have talked off the air. Let's let's bring this to the air in front of everyone. Um, they are loading up on receivers. Now, I don't know if that means all of a sudden they're going to be throwing the ball 50 times a game, but that receiver room is going to get a lot more competitive. It definitely is. And I think we saw some hints as to what could happen kind of sprinkled throughout the season last year with UNLV. A lot of empty port personnel, empty formations came out, and uh, especially when the receiver room uh, takes some injuries, you want to really rebolster the roster in the receiver room. I think they were so fragile as far as one receiver goes down, and it looked like you know a drop-off tremendously between the ones and twos, and a lot of guys had to get thrust into action that maybe weren't ready or experienced enough to be counted on in those situations. But we saw a lot of empty personnel um, late in the season. I think with Charles Williams leaving, this is one of the big things to me, there's a question mark around the running back room, and the primary focus of the offense last year, without question, was Charles Williams in that running game. Not knowing if you're going to be as consistent in that area, I think maybe the offense has to evolve to a more wide receiver-focused game, to a more pass-oriented game. This doesn't mean taking shots down the field, air raid offense. It's like making the pass game, quick pass game, your running game, an extension of your ground game. You know, get four or five yards here or there, easy completions for your quarterbacks, I think may be the focus. And the receiver room being a lot deeper is a part of that. So we'll yep. see what happens. I, 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 Like I said, the Charles Williams leaving is, is is a big question mark that I think the receiving core was probably an easier thing to bolster up than to search through and find a next running back that's going to be like Charles Williams because I don't think it's going to happen. So I think the offense will evolve and look a little different than it did last year with more emphasis on those empty personnel, a lot of wide receivers on the field at the same time, four and five wide receiver sets, just yep. to kind of spread things out and open it out and attack the edges a little more. By the way, Reno was extremely successful with that, like outrageously successful with Carson Strong and all those uh, wide receivers. And, you know, when I was watching Harrison Bailey on uh, the spring tape at Tennessee, he threw a lot of those types of passes. So uh, we talked about the competition in the quarterback room. Well, there's one less quarterback there. Justin Rogers going to the transfer portal. In the end, why didn't this work out with a guy who was super highly touted when he first committed to TCU and then came to UNLV as a transfer. I think a part of it is that he was so highly touted uh, yeah. coming out of high school and into the transfer portal because the expectations were very high on a guy um, and high for somebody who 
because of injuries and for other reasons, wasn't actually playing for the better part of the last few years, right? I mean, he he saw limited action on the field after an injury and then transferred over here with limited college experience as well. So we really didn't know what he was going to be like. And we've seen this kind of journey before for other reasons and with one of our own, <laughs> right, from Las Vegas, where you transfer over, you have success at one level at high school, and, and then you you kind of fizzle out as things go, as as you, you make your journey through the college ranks. So I think a little bit of expectations for Rodgers was, was a burden for him. That being said, the lack of experience on the field, and I think because of his demeanor, you don't really realize it. He's a mature guy, but he didn't really play much at the college level, um, in game at least. So it, it, what what we got to see was somebody who was still trying to figure it out. And unfortunately, with the situation that UNLV is as is in as a program, it's going to be tough for guys to figure it out and play at the same time with winning and losing, becoming such a, a pressure cooker for UNLV football now. So the competition, I think, um, isn't something that Justin wants to partake in again. And it, you, you kind of see the, the writings on the wall when you're starting to get transfers in and and the, the caliber of players that are coming in at that quarterback position, the um, the level of talent there. You, you probably just don't want to participate in that. And you, you want to take your chances somewhere else. So um, that that to me is kind of, UNLV in a way weeding itself, weeding players out and sharpening that room in a way. But that yep. competition was going to be so thick if Rogers stayed. Um, so I think it actually helps the program and hopefully helps Rogers in the long run as well. Yeah, but Rogers looking for a landing spot. Definitely send the tape from the San Diego State game because he went 15 to <laughs> 21. He came off of like off the bench in an impossible situation. I think a lot of people there are like, well, this is going to be trouble. And he's throwing beautiful passes all over the place. He went 15 to 21 for 305 and two touchdowns, one interception against, you know, one of the top 10 defenses in the country. So there, there are certain things there with Justin Rogers, uh, no doubt about it. Caleb, we appreciate a couple minutes. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Have a good week and uh, make sure it's all, everything's copacetic at home, right? A lot of peace, a lot of peace, <laughs> peace and harmony at home. You guys have a good one too. Take care. There you go. We won't ask Caleb to go out. We don't want to have to have him uh, use his family as an excuse. That's one. It's actually the best reason I've heard for anyone to actually have a family. <laughs> they give you they give you an excuse <laughs> yeah. to not go out yeah. when you don't feel like going out. Yeah. Well, definitely go out this Friday. Um, Mr. UNLV Tyler Bischoff is going to be hosting a UNLV watch party. Men's basketball playing at Colorado State. Trop in Maryland, one of the classic PTs in town. That's a PTs pub. They've got UNLV swag and um I'll call them decorations because my vocabulary stinks. But anyway, um, heavy, heavy themed UNLV bar at Trop in Maryland, PT's Pub. You can go out, watch the game, starts at 6 o'clock against a very good Colorado State team on the road. $10 Miller Light pitchers, uh, prizes like UNLV cornhole games, shirts, hats, plus chance to win a staycation at the Strat. Also, one of the prizes is beer for a year from Miller Light. Bischoff and ESPN Las Vegas on the scene, 6 o'clock. That's when the game tips 6 to 8 at PT's Pub. Get out there, Trop and Maryland, this Friday. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. One owns a meat slicer, the other an air fryer. It's the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company. Brought to you by Nova Home Loans. C'è la luna mezzo mare, mamma mia, mare da te. Adam Hill, Cofield, halfway point of the show. We'll get you uh, some odds updates in a couple of minutes on what's going on in the uh, Final Four of the NFL. Some offshore stuff. 
for the Raiders next head coach. Although I think this is going to change day by day as rumors come in. So yesterday we focused on some pizza in the fat pack. We can't get away from it. I don't know if you saw this one, but yesterday, actually we did it later in the show, whatever. Um, we had hit on something called Altoona style pizza. Altoona does not have a style. It does. Uh, the great thing is a highly knowledgeable guy about his home state. Uh, Ari's the one calling this disgusting, and he's right on this one. He's very picky. Very picky. American cheese on top. No. That's yep. Al- that's Altoona style? Slices of American cheese on top. That's completely ridiculous and disgusting. It, it looked really bad. It's not. That's No. 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 All right. Isn't it just like a... That's just a flatbread sandwich now. It's pretty much. And it was actually, it was called Sicilian style. It didn't look very no. appetizing Out. at all. Green peppers on it. With American cheese slices? Uh-huh. No. Peppercorn pepperoni? No. no. All right, we found another place in Pittsburgh, which is actually an outstanding food joint. I think it's called Beto's, B-E-T-O-S. I think it was one of the employees was saying it like that. But anyway. Beto's? I don't know. Whatever. Whatever it is. They're doing pizza with cold cheese and cold toppings. After they cook it, they throw on cold cheese. Uh, Ari was completely grossed out by it. What's the problem, Ari? It, it just doesn't... Nah. It doesn't work. Why? Like, why is... the They bake the bread and the sauce. Oh, by the way, if you watch the video, they sprinkle a little bit of cheese. Like, they I do. don't even know why. I'm right. talking a little bit like a pinch, for, for what reason? Right. And then what kind of cheese do they put on top? Cold. That's certainly not American. It, it looked right. like shredded cheese out of a out of a bag, honestly. Like the. It was provolone. I'm, I'm thanks, actually thanks for watching the video. It was provolone. I watched several actually, videos. And then the toppings are cold, and you know the more I watched it, what happens is, uh, because it's it's hot pizza with then the cold cheese on top. What happens along the way is the cheese melts a little bit. Yeah. I'm I'm in on this one. It looked like they were cold throwing cold mushrooms on there though. They, they I, are. I, I, don't, I don't like that. I'm I'm cool with it. Here's the thing: it's you get the warmth of the crust, but I mean everybody knows like a really good pizza. You can tell it's really good that it's good the next day. Okay. And so like you're kind of getting that effect, but right. the, you get the warm crust and the warm sauce, but that next day effect of the pizza, I like that. Yeah, I I feel like it, the 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 leap on this one is not that big. Because isn't it essentially like a warm sandwich with cold insides? Yeah. I mean, I know when they toast subs, the whole thing gets toasted. They so do They do crush it with the, the cold cheese. I mean, there's a lot of cheese. Throw it on them. Yeah, there's a lot of cheese. And the toppings are falling all over the place. But yeah. I, I would try it. I'm not going to Pittsburgh anytime soon. Maybe you are. Might have They're to. not at Pittsburgh again next year, are they, the Raiders? I don't think so. Is that one of the trips? So look, I'm, just, I'm so focused on New Orleans and, and Nashville, I don't even care. I know what a, I don't think you've been in when we discussed next year's schedule. I was like, what a for Raiders fans. Oh, that's great. I mean, I I rip on Nashville because it calls itself Nash Vegas, but amongst NFL cities, it's a really cool place to go to. And obviously, oh, yeah. New Orleans is insane. Yeah, I can't wait. And it should be a win because who, who's taking over? It's going to be Sean Payton return to New Orleans. Taysom Hill at quarterback and freaking Dennis Allen head coach. That's a three win team. Last game of the season is the Steelers. So they play at the Steelers again, right? Got plenty of time to get there. That's what I thought. Hold on. It's, it's, not the last, it's not the last game. Well, there's no date set yet, right. so it's just the order. It yeah. might be alphabetical order, but I get you. I, I get yeah. it. Well, 
well, I almost said can't be alphabetical because San Diego. No, there's no San Diego. Oh, boy. So you're going to Pittsburgh again, probably. Okay. So you can go get this pizza. All right, I'm in. Let you know how it is. I almost said I might road trip for that game, but I don't like the pizza that much. I like Permanente Brothers. If you're if you're going to go, by the way, the Permanente Brothers in uh, Indy was closed. Was it permanently? Yeah, they have a skyline uh, there. You know that, right? I that actually moved, that moved the Colts. That moved the uh, Indy trip up. Wouldn't care or want to know. Should I go for the Big Ten tournament? That'd be cool. Yeah. Cool event. I hate every school in the Big Ten. I'll go. Like Rutgers. Well, I, that's my point. By the way, I had no idea until like just these last two days. New name for the arena? Oh, yeah. At the rack? Yeah, and seen that. Jer- the Jersey Mike's they got, Arena? They got the sub sponsor, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I've actually, I have not gone, we'll get some free pops here. I have not gone to a Jersey Mike's, I think one time since they started going national. For folks who don't know, I'm from New Jersey. Jersey Mike's originated in Point Pleasant, which is pretty close to where I grew up. So I've been to the original sub shop there, and I hadn't gone since. Like one time in probably 10 years of them going national. And I've actually gotten it a couple of times because I'm like, yeah, I got to support them. It's they really, throw a little money at the school. It's really good. Although you don't have to call the arena that. It's, it's stupid. I mean, <laughs> I mean, at least it's a Jersey business. It's a Jersey team. <laughs> Jersey Mike's. So anyway. So there it's still go. the rack. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, but here's the thing. If you were going to go on the road, if you were going to go on a road trip next year, it wouldn't be Pittsburgh. <laughs> like, um, I'm going to go to I mean, Pittsburgh I'm not going to have this the, pizza. I, I, it would be like the third. I actually had Pittsburgh ranked, I think, last or second to last of all the trips they're making. But this pizza this pizza has piqued my interest. Also, um, the, the video you sent of this pizza yeah. was tweeted out by an account that I will now follow. I, I love this account. It's effed up looking pizzas. Yep. It's just at F effed up, up, up pizzas with the full F <laughs> yeah, written it's out. spelled out. Ari, I assume you're going to be on here almost every day? Yeah, to torture myself, yes. Giving us fat pack links? Why not? Can I? Okay. Ari actually found, unless you have something important here, I, well, there, we, have something that, we have something that's it's crucial to get to because Ari found another good video. I, I don't like gotcha videos, and I know Ari said the same thing. Like, I... This going to restaurants and then trying to snitch on them because you got bad service or the food doesn't look appetizing, cut it out. Okay? And adding Stop. them, hopefully, that you know the social media manager will hit you up with that standard. We're sorry for your experience. Like, yeah. what's I the, mean, what's the... someone goes to Waffle House. They get the steak. Of I didn't course. even know there was steak on the menu. The only reason I know oh, there's I pork chops on the menu is Bourdain went to a Waffle House and they got the pork chops. And they kind of... You know, they, they made it kind of sound good. Their steak? So someone posts a video of my steak's not cooked correctly. Now, I will admit, they asked for medium well. It's like rare, rare, rare. But what, why are we doing? I mean, what do you expect? I do like that Waffle House sent them back a form. Like a form to say, hey, can you fill this out? Stop. Explain exactly what happened. The, the, the video! I don't have to explain it. Here's the video. But the, the first are we thing, are we are we suckers for lowering our standards when we go to places like this? Like if you have it on the menu, it should be good. Because I I kind of don't look at it that way. Like no. if you're getting a steak at a Waffle House, like you're rolling the dice. Yes. Oh yeah, I, I, absolutely. And I, I actually get annoyed. Um, there's people that I know that will go, you know, to certain places and like, oh, I can't believe. Like look where you are. Yeah. Look where, now, it, now you're 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 on the far end because you literally will not send anything back. No, this th- th- here, here's the other thing. Uh, if you have some weird fear, I, I don't believe most restaurants do this, but if you have a weird fear of sending your food back, 
right? Because I know people are like, oh, they're going to get the cook mad or they might do something with the food. If you've been to a Waffle House, it's all out in front of you. How easy would it be to just go, hey, you know what? I mean, look, it's I wanted a medium well. This is rare, rare, rare. Can can the person just, just throw, throw, it back? throw it back? Can you just yeah. throw it back on? Throw it back on. And they'll probably say, no, we can't. We'll, the- we'll have to make a new one. And then you can watch them cook it the right way. By the way, in most places, like that is kind of a maybe a hassle or whatever you want to say. The way a Waffle House is constructed, you're literally sitting next to the chef. Like, hey, bro, can you, you can throw it back on yourself probably. Like, what are we doing? So I'll, I'll, I'll point this out. The the Waffle House said, we're very sorry about this. Could you help us check into what happened by filling out this form? They sent them a form, which I think was like, hey, where did this happen? What time right. was it? That kind of thing. And the first response, I think we're all in on this person. We're like, yes, this is the right response. They said, nah, y'all better not comp him blank. He went into a Waffle House and ordered a steak. The man knew he was playing with his life and got what he deserved. Them cooks only know how to cook grits, eggs, bacon, waffles, and sausage, hash browns, and toast. And this man's ordering steak. Stop. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. Now, back to Cofield & Company. Aaron Rodgers coming back to the Packers. Do you yeah. want him back? Yeah. Yeah, Devontae, Devontae, uh, Devontae will sign. Um, he'll re-sign. We'll franchise tag him. And then... Uh, Aaron will come back and we'll win a Super Bowl next year. All right, it's that easy. The rest of the sports world, nonstop coverage about what Aaron Rodgers is doing. Uh, Jordan McCabe, Wisconsin native, UNLV point guard. Adams and Rodgers back, Super Bowl. All right, Jordan. It's going to be tough. And he walked out. It was like a mic drop. He didn't have a mic. He just took my phone and dropped it. Got, they've got some salary cap issues to work out, if that's going to happen. It's not question the young man's knowledge about okay. the NFL and football and the Packers, please. I don't. He's a fan. You yeah. should want that. But we will, in in a good way, bring it back if Rodgers leaves. Yeah, we've got a we've got a deep vault in the Lotus sound system. We'll have this. We'll have this. Uh, we'll pat him on the back if he's right. Not about the Super Bowl. He didn't have to be right about that part. But if they get Rodgers and Devontae Adams to come back, that's a coup. Yeah, it would be huge. Now, I mean, like I said, the problem will be who does that sacrifice? You know, where, what positions right. do you give up on and struggle with? But that would be nice for the team to have them back. If not the Packers, far away place odds. Week one, 2022. If not the Packers, there is no retirement. If not the Packers, Broncos plus 250. Steelers plus 350. Dolphins, what? Plus 450. Eagles. Then Browns and Raiders are nine to one. Jets twelve to one. These odds are terrible. I'm not even reading the rest of them. These are horrendous. You don't think he's going I, to the Jets? It's the the I mean, it's listen, it's not obvious what's gonna happen with some of these quarterback situations. The Titans are fourteen to one. I would bet that one. So I mean, if I were Rodgers, I would look at Titans, Colts, and I would put the pressure on, like I said a little while ago about the Niners. Uh, Broncos would be a long shot. Although I still don't, I don't understand what's going on with Nathaniel Hackett. If you know, I, has anyone said they're really buddies? Like he's going to follow them. Well, don't saw, they have a quarterback coach who, like as well who he likes? I saw Hackett, Adams, and Rodgers are all going to Denver. All right. Which I'm like, yeah, I'll take I'll take Adams no matter where I am. But they do have a really good receiving core already. Do they? Yeah. All right. Look at their open rate. It's insane. You love the open rate. Yeah. The quarterbacks just couldn't get in the ball. Yeah. 
And you're still confident in uh, your route runner extraordinaire, Jerry Judy? Oh, yeah. With Rodgers? Sure. I could buy it. I'm not ready to give up on him. I know. I had a whole thing last week. It was weird. It was, and it's, we just, we go down these rabbit holes. I mentioned Juju Smith Schuster uh, and gave him a pat on the back for coming back. I'm like, why would you come back? Like, you're a free agent again. And Adam Candy was arguing with me. He's like, he's done. He's shot. I'm like, he's 25. <laughs> he's done? Well, we talked about age just being a number, and a lot of guys are older than they're. Oh. Than they're Wait, I also remember we had, old. we had the conversation when Leonard Fournette was dumped by the Jaguars, and it was I was like, I, I still think he has some life. He's like 24 years old. Yeah. Done. I, I mean, I think depending on the situation. Well, you know there's heat between Candy and I because we've got a uh, grocery store gift card on the line about Brian Flores coaching this year. I said no. Candy said yes. I'm still feeling good. You said no? I say he's not going to be gonna coaching. He's not a head coach this year. He's going to get one of the jobs. I love how the incredulous. He's going to, I mean, there's nine. He's going to get one. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. How many years have we gone through, Eric? I mean, of course, this is the year. Okay. Going to get a job. Now Flores' resume is better. Yeah, and he's been a successful head coach already. Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas.